My name is Tim Story, and I was just on the Ryan Holtz podcast. Ryan Holtz is a social media and creative marketing agency owner, husband, father, DJ, global citizen, keynote speaker, and is proud to bring you the Ryan Holtz Show podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Rhino Show podcast, voted number one black hosted podcast in Canada. Uh, again, we, we pride ourselves on having safe conver- safe spaces for unsafe conversations. If you have not smashed the five-star uh, review button, please do so. This interview will also be available on youtube.com forward slash Ryan Holtz for everybody who likes video. However, my guest that I have today is a prolific, amazing baby skin, nice curl, <laughs> wagger like us, human being, life coach to the stars, and so happy to call him a friend of, of the show. His name is Tim Story. Tim does not need any introduction, but what is really cool is Tim was literally on our show last year, April 20th, so we are literally almost approaching on a one-year anniversary, and he has a one heck of a book that we're going to talk about today. Tim, welcome to the story, my welcome to the show, my friend. Good to see you. Thanks for saying that I have baby skin. That makes me feel good. Well, because I remember last time we chatted, Tim, I mean, you you were, uh, we talked about your, I always said, I said, you know, I have to ask him about his skin, his his regiment, you know, you talked about your hands, you talked about your curls, Videl Sassoon, all these different things that you got going on there. Yes. And you have a new book out called The Miracle Mentality. I want to read, because uh, I like to give love to people who are giving love to, to my guests. So, Carrie Mary Vaughn gave your book five out of five stars on Amazon. She said, wow, Tim, so inspired. Uh, This is one of the books that I want to read over and over again and give it to others as a gift. So many golden nuggets on how we should all be living our lives more magically. If you love somebody, give them this book. So that is what people are saying about your books online. Uh, I'm very happy for you. What was the inspiration for you to write a book. And I know you've had a lot going on with COVID and the, and the lockdown. Yes. You've done a lot of in, internal reflecting in your own life. I watched your interview with Lewis Howes. I mean, you guys went deep there, toxic masculinity, you know, fatherhood, all these different things. Uh, tell us about what's going on with Tim's story and what the whole inspiration behind this book was. So Ryan, number one, uh, it's good to be on the show again. You're looking great. I'm <laughs> loving your glasses. I appreciate you. And it's always a cool thing when people give good reviews. So I'm glad that she gave a great review to the book. I'm excited about this this book. I think it's more of a movement than just a book. And the miracle mentality is this idea that we can still use it, uh, have a extraordinary life Mm. in the middle of a difficult time. Mm. And I think many times we think we have to put our life on hold and just keep it on hold. And we, we, we miss the magical and the miracle times, even in the midst of tough times. Mm. And so the miracle mentality is about how to align yourself with that mentality at all times. Mm. It, you know, it's just so, so amazing. Cause I mean, you talk to so many different people, uh, your story, you know, coming up and your come up all the way to where you are now. 
you know, even talking about, I've studied you. I mean, I've, I've talked to you obviously a year ago, but prior to that, I studied you and I've been, I've been studying you and listening to you on cup clubhouse for the last three, four months. Now you've been on clubhouse with you doing your breakfast of champions uh, like crazy. And the one thing I always understand is that Tim's story consistently knows how to navigate, adapt, change, uh, pivot. You are a professional at consistent growth, even if the growth sometimes uh, comes inside yourself. And I, I want to ask you, because when you talked to, to on Lucy's show and you mentioned yeah. about saying, you know what? Hey, this COVID and this pandemic, the one beautiful thing it's done for me was, you know, I never talked about my father and, and what that story was like. And I was going to kind of keep that internalized. And I just thought, oh my goodness, like what a, what a, what a beautiful thing. Can you speak on that? Cause I relate to you, Tim. I, I, I don't, I know who my father is, but I never had a dad in my life. So fast forward for the opportunity and the blessing that I have now being a father, this is something that, I mean, it's in my soul that I deal with and to hear somebody that I admire, respect, and, and just love what, what they've done to hear them even later in their life saying, hey, this is something that I really had to dig deep on myself and you're a professional at this. No, thank you, Ryan. I think that, you know, the reality is we're all going through recovery and discovery at the same time. And so recovery is things we went through when we were children and things we're going through now. But discovery is this magical moments that I say that they unfold. And I wanted to, to finally open up about, you know, things in my childhood that I'd never talked about. And one reason I didn't talk about them is because, you know, when you're trying to make it out of a difficult situation, you don't want to carry all the weight of your past mm. because I already had so much weight, you know, coming truly from uh, poverty. It's not that we were just, you know, low on money we, we didn't really have money <laughs> that's, that's yeah. poverty in that case seven people in a two-bedroom apartment so I did not want to bring up things about the difficulty within the house for all these years mm. and the reason I decided to talk about this in this book was because of my editor Nick Childs who teaches at Princeton University mm. He's, he challenged me Mm. And he said, you know, Tim, I think that a lot of people like from our culture who come from a culture of pain mm. need to hear your story, mm. that, that your pain runs deeper than you've shared before. Mm. And so I, I talked about the story of the man that I thought was my father was really not my father. Mm. And that was a very strange thing, because if you if you if you see somebody one way, and mm. label them as your father. You act accordingly. Yes. I had a whole different story um, when I was 12 was uh, uh, a feeling of like, almost like, where do I belong? Mm. So I felt that way a lot of times in my life, even in the middle of a lot of success that I felt like, where do I belong? Mm. That to me is, 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 uh, is such a, a, a point because for me, you know, having a mom who is German and then my, my, my dad who is Jamaican, you know, I, I primarily grew up with, with white people. Um, yeah. And my mom did, uh, you know, a heck of a job, God bless her heart, you know, to in the 13 years that I had her try to always say things like, hey, Ryan, you know, you need to understand 
this whole other dynamic to you. And I felt like, you know, when you're that young, you don't understand kind of sometimes how you feel. And then you look back on it and you're, you know, I always thought, first of all, I look different. I act different. How come when this music comes on, man, I can dance, you know, all these, all these different things that you're just like, well, there's something inside me that is, is something that I really need to, to get to know. And you had talked about the fact that, you know, you're Spanish and, and then you're also, you're also, you're also black and you're saying, Hey, I'm, I'm kind of identifying with, with different things and not knowing where I kind of belong. So for you, what you just said is that the exposure to different things like what you said about music mm. and if you realize you can dance <laughs> or you realize that you like that that's that's as you know what happened to me when my cousin put on soul train and then i i said whoa my people <laughs> why yeah. am i being raised, why am i being raised in the spanish home <laughs> yeah it's this intrinsic kind of feeling that you get and you're not, you know, you're not 100% sure why you're feeling that. So we we kind of call this, and I'm sure you've heard this term in the culture, is that, you know, and I'm going to speak more from the, the the black people side of things, is that, you know, sometimes you go in a room and let's say it's it's all Caucasian people, or you go into yeah. a room and it's all Asian people. We would call this, you know, if we start, I guess, mirroring the audience in which we're talking to at that time, we, we might call this code switching, right? You're almost right. figuring out. Well, how are we identifying to that? And for me, it was a very, um, I didn't, first of all, I love the fact that I could talk to anybody from any place in the world and, you know, always have that pickup conversation. But the feelings that I started to get as I got a little bit older was, whoa, 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 whoa. Is this being authentic, Ryan? Like, is this is this the real Ryan right now? Like, who the heck is Ryan? And That's so- good point. Very good point. Yeah, and so for you, I wanna ask you this question because, you are a practitioner of, of people's lives and the brain and you study this. This is what you do. You're a life coach and you're a hell of a life coach. One of the best in the, to do it. How, how did you say, well, who the heck is Tim's story? Or did you ever question that? Like, how did you come to that? Hey everyone, I know you're enjoying this episode and thank you so much for tuning in. Listen, do you love hot wings and hot sauce as much as I do? You know, you have the standard kind of flavors and you know, all these assortments of hot sauces around the world, but there's some that are your favorite. Now here at the Reinhold Show podcast, our favorite without a doubt is Heartbeat Hot Sauce. Uh, Heartbeat Hot Sauce, if you don't know who they are, they're based in Thunder Bay, Ontario, and uh, they teamed up with Dustin Poirier from the UFC, who just won, uh, and they they put out some amazing product, and uh, the team over at Heartbeat, they're, 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 they're truly, truly impeccable, so uh, we're very proud to, to call them a, a partner of the show. And if you would like to try some amazing hot sauce, some flavors, and get your palate really moist and juicy and good, go to heartbeathotsauce.com and type in Team Holtz at checkout as a promo code for 20% off your purchase. And again, you will not be disappointed. We also want to let you know that in a better effort to connect with you guys even better via social media, you know, via the podcast apps or wherever you're consuming this, or if it's on YouTube, wherever that may be, we want to give you the option to text. So please text me at area code 587-875-0634. And that is me. So text me, say, hey, Ryan, how's it going? Love the show. You know, hey, could you bring on this person? Or just to say hi and how are you and how is your week and all of these different things. I think this would be 
absolutely incredible. Uh, and I would love if you could do that for me. Now, the last thing I want to say is, hey, book a free eight-minute brand jam. Whether you are a person or a business looking to increase your brand, increase your sales, increase your marketing, increase your digital footprint, book an eight-minute free brand jam session with me one-on-one. -on -one. All the details will be in the show notes or just reach out. And last but not least, please, if you've not hit that five-star review, take a, 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 a take a screenshot of it, hit Hit the review, submit it, tag at Reinholds1 on, on all social uh, platforms so I can see it so I can repost it and give you a huge shout out. Again, curiosity should always be your mandate. Enjoy the rest of the show. And remember, Team Holtz loves you. I did. I did privately. And thank God for a lady named Dr. Helen Mendez who taught at USC, mm. African lady. And she really helped me delve into my life when I was probably about 30 years of age. And she said that, she says, how does it feel not being the real you? Mm. And man, Ooh. when she Ooh. said that to me Ooh. at 30, that was deep. Ooh. Because at 30 years of age, I was speaking to the biggest crowds in the world. Yeah. Uh, you know, at 30 years of age, I'd already spoken to like 50,000 at a time. Yeah. And I'd already addressed Congress when I was 28 years of age. <laughs> so for her to say that to me, at first, it threw me back. Mm. And she said that, she said, Tim, you have learned to modify who you are, your technique, your lifestyle, based on the crowd. Mm. How does it feel not to, to be yourself? Mm. And uh, Ryan, that really made me think but it made me want to do the work mm. so i think some people think but they don't do the work i wanted to do the work and, mm. and that's why i like statements like you've been born an original don't die a copy oh yes yes well it, it kind of goes forward into to fatherhood because you're you're a dad and you know i i, I feel like even for me and it's, it's so intrinsic because when you become a dad I mean, the first feeling I felt when I found out I was having my first child was complete excitement. And then this whole layer of, of insecurity, which, and, I, and I'm saying the word insecurity with a, with a good vibe behind it, because I feel like for me personally, when I love something so much, or I wanna try so hard, or I wanna be the best at it, there's fear that automatically follows that because I care so damn much that I don't, I don't wanna screw it up, but, I'm also not going to let that fear, you know, stop me from, from going down that path. So for you being a dad, you know, you said things like, you know, my kids would, would always say to me, you know, dad, you come in the house and, and you know, you're watching a movie and everything was so like, boom, and let, we're going to watch yeah. a movie tonight. We're going to do all this. And they're like, yo, dad, just, just chill, just chill. Exactly. We just want to watch a movie. Just calm down. You don't have to be so extra right now. <laughs> so, so is that, is that because, you know, you, and you said that out of your own mouth, you said, you know, Hey, I, it's because I always had this feeling of being on, you know, I was Tim story and everybody just had that expectation of me. So how did you, how did you navigate through that? It, it, it's such a big thing. Ryan, thanks for really reading the book and, and understanding. And I, I think that that happens to a lot of people that feel that they have to be on in, in different jobs, different professions. And so could you imagine going from the stage like I was where, you know, people, you mm. know, brought you in, you better be mm. on your game, right? Mm -hmm. 
and so then you're exactly right. I would then take that home, and uh, it was my daughter that said, "Like dad, like every every day doesn't have to be an event." <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because she, she was only like 12. I'm like, "Whoa, I got a bus." I got busted by a 12-year-old. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's so true. You know, your kids see such a such a pure version of you and they, they see through all that lights camera action to I mean, I mean, I just think if you want to see your soul, look at your children. Yes. You know, I really, I really feel that because I feel, you know, even my four-year-old son, he looks at me, he can pierce my heart, go right <laughs> through me to the point where I look back like, what stop doing that to me? You're making me feel, oh my gosh, this is this is crazy. I'm generally an emotional uh, dude, though. I, I'm very upfront about my emotional. Uh, you know, I know you guys have talked a lot about toxic masculinity. You know, I was playing football, and then I would go do uh, choral music, and then I would write poetry. And I was always very upfront about the fact that I'm like, listen, I don't think being a man is not showing emotion. I think, I think your strength is in your vulnerability. You know, and and I like this phrase that says, "Your I is not your why." So yeah. when people come to you often, they say, "Hey." Tim, you know, I want to do this or I want to do this, but I don't think I can. Uh, you know, uh, my dad said this when I was a kid or, you know, my mom or I or I or I, I, I like to say to people like, but you're making it about you and not about the cause that you're trying Perfect. to do. Perfect. Yeah. So I think that one of the things you're talking about is this mission that we're called to. Mm. And, and, I, and, I, and I feel that what happens to so many of us is that we don't realize that we have an assignment. We have a we have a mission mm. in life, mm. and, and I think that when you find your mission or your assignment, life gets really really cool. Mm. That's what happened for me. If it was mm. just about like me and success, I think I'd be really bored by now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of things that a lot of people think make you happy don't, as you know. Yeah. But when you're caught up with a cause and caught up with your mission man it changes you and mm. so that's what happened to me you know in, it's a cool story ryan when i was uh, a senior in high school there was a girl she was reading a book about the life of mother Teresa, and i just kept staring at her book and she goes she goes tim this is a good book when i'm done i'll give it to you to read and she was such a cool girl i said yes i took the book because i respected her i decided to read it and mm. and when i read this book about this lady's life, Mother Teresa, who was a school teacher and heard the cries of the orphans that were outside the school. And she changed her profession from being a teacher to then helping orphans, right? Mm. I said, man, that's what I want to do someday. I want to help hurting people. I want to help the underdog, the underprivileged. And so my mission has really changed my life. It's made me more plural rather than singular. Mm. I think that's I think that's so powerful. You know, it's uh, it is it, your mission. It's you know I, I think what I like about that even more though is the way you've uh, showcased it. You know, you've you've really documented your story, especially in the last you know five to ten years of your life. You know, with the content that you put out, with the interviews that you do, with the the vulnerability that you show publicly, whether it's your speaking. Because I I feel like you know whether you're talking to five people or you're talking to 50,000 people, you never know who's in that audience at any given moment that needs to hear the words and see the proof of somebody that is coming from, from bad situations, you know, with, with what we have going on right now with the pandemic, um, you know, people of color, you know, we, 
I'm in Canada, but you know, you're in the States. I'm looking at, you know, this, the George Floyd situation that happened and you know, the, the situation that just happened again in, in, you know, Minnesota, I'm thinking what, how, how far have we came, but then how far do we, do we need to go? What do you think of, of that? Especially for you, where you've, you've came from, you know, those situations better than anybody. And you've managed to navigate. I was, I was talking to my wife about it yesterday and I said, I want to, I wonder how Tim, when he was younger, managed to navigate through all of that, to stay clean, to, to not get distracted, to not make too big of a mistake where, you know, it, it, it will impact you 20, 30 years down the I road. Think, I think you, you're using a perfect word and that is to navigate. Mm. So I see that you like football. And, you know, I know you're an athlete and then you also have a helmet back there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the cleats with some, somebody else's blood on them still. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> so I'll, I'll give you a football term that, you know, and that is to call an audible. Oh, and when, Oof. when, a, when a good quarterback sees a certain defense that he knows is going to cause him trouble, what does he do? He calls an audible. Ooh. And so somehow. I have this Barack Obama side of me where I can call an audible at all times. I can call, I can come into a room and see that the room is cold Ooh. and say, okay, Tim, bring your energy down. This room is too cold for your up energy. I'll call mm. an audible. Mm. I, could, I could come into a room that I could feel was a little posed to me because of skin color. Mm. When, I, when I first started, like maybe I'd go into the South and mm. I'd call an audible on how I would speak. <laughs> so somehow I became the master of calling audibles. Yeah. And so I do navigate because I think any place you go to, whether it's somebody's house or whether you're speaking somewhere or you're working with a client, there's two things you got to look at. What is the climate and what is the culture? Yes. Every room you walk into has a climate. Yes. How powerful is this? Yes. Oh yeah. Like if you go into your friend's house when you're a kid, that house had a different climate than yours did. So you better you better study that climate and study that culture and then call your audibles. Ooh. And aren't you isn't it amazing how you can do it without even thinking? I mean, you're calling the audibles without you even knowing. Like subconsciously, you're already feeling the vibe that's taking over your body. And you're already coming up with that audible, like, okay, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta call another play here. This is gonna be a disaster. Well, I'll give you an example. Like when I when I started in Hollywood, you know, I was talking to people like Jack Lemon, mm. Walter Matthau, Charles mm. Heston. I mean, that's unheard of. Tony Curtis, for for uh, for a person of color to have that kind of influence in Beverly Hills at the age that I was, right? Mm. So you better understand your culture and your climate. So mm. don't try to outsmart those guys because you're going to get whooped. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, and you know what? It's, it's, so, it's so interesting because, you know, when you talk to people, like this is why I love doing these interviews and, and conversations. You know, I, I feel like great, the best interviews are conversational. You know, they're not, I try not, I don't have any yeah. questions prepared. I do my homework because um, I always, I have an audible where I'm like, uh-oh, if this starts out really low or, or this goes sideways, I need to have something to pick it back up. Oh, but, yeah. you know, for me, I, I love the conversational because sometimes when you talk to people, they can sense when they're being interviewed and somebody's almost trying to act like too smart. I'm gonna give you an example. 
Joe Rogan, I really like the way Joe Rogan talks to people. And the reason I like it is hey, Joe Jim. Rogan, he's never afraid to say, hey, Tim, I don't know what the heck you're talking about. Could yeah, you could I, you, I te- totally could you teach me? Right? I totally and, agree. And so when when I'm talking to you, that's why I'm, I'm talking to Tim's story. I'm, I don't know half of what you know. And that's why I'm actually here to talk to you today. And, yes. and, and for me, I feel like that energy transference is like, well, then the, your, your guest is going to say, well, hey, that's awesome. So let me teach you because people love to teach what they know, right? But Ryan, do you see that I am always in the position of forever being a student? Mm. And if, if you watch me on any stage, I'm not coming as the master. So, mm. so when I get on these stages and they go, the legend, the goat, and they say these things about me. I feel like they're talking about like some brand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the Tim Story brand. Would you call it an alter ego, Tim? Would you call it almost like there's a Tim and then there's a, you know what I mean? The, the other Tim? Because a lot of very successful people do have kind of a couple hats they wear. Yeah, I think that I, I don't try to make it that myself, but I do feel like when they're talking about this person, the GOAT, mm. greatest, and all that other stuff, that, that, it doesn't really feel like me because I feel like I'm forever the student because <laughs> mm. I love to learn. Oh yeah. So so even like while we're dialoguing, I like learning from you. Yes. And I think I think that's one reason that life has picked me up and allowed me to do such wonderful things is because I'm forever the student. Like mm. if somebody would say something about Bitcoin if I didn't know about it, I'd say, Tell me more. And I've been at tables where people would say, I can't believe Tim's story doesn't know about that. I go, no, I really don't know about it. And I'm not, I'm not ashamed. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I know, I know a lot about certain subjects, but there's so many things in the world that I'm still curious and learning about. Well, and I, and I think that's, that's the journey of, that's the journey of life, right? It, it is really interesting though, because you, you do talk very humbly, you know, your clubhouse. And I, I know, I noticed you've been putting a lot of time into clubhouse and I like to ask people, what they think of Clubhouse and and what kind of, you know, impact this is going to have with how com- people communicate. I mean, it's a it's a powerful platform. You know, the yeah. voice, the fact that you're not, you know, there's no likes, there's no comments. I mean, and and I'm sorry, you know, hearing somebody speak in their tonality, you know, I, I like to say, especially when Clubhouse came out, I'm like, oh, anybody who's been faking it till they make it, I think there's going to be some exposing happening with this app, right? Because you can really pick up on when somebody's talking. What do you think about Clubhouse and and why has, have you put that into your, I want to call it your, your social media currency account as to where you're starting to invest some of that currency? Yeah, I think that, I think Clubhouse um, has given people a space where they can, they can dialogue in a different way. And I mm. think it's cool because people don't feel like they have to get dressed up or <laughs> yeah. put on their makeup because you can't see the person. So someone might be in their garage, they may be in their car, they may be washing their dishes, whatever. Yeah. They're doing. But yet they can they can dialogue or they can listen. So I think you know there's three primary ways we learn: education, conversation, and observation. Mm. So I think that the cool thing about Clubhouse is the education side and the conversation side. So sometimes I like to go on as a voyeur and just to listen. Mm. And sometimes I trip out the way people think. (laughs) 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 Like, I can't even believe they think that way. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. It does. 
because you're using that as as kind of a, a test ground too. I mean, you're getting a lot of different thought patterns. I'm getting material. I'm like a comedian. Yeah. To like listen in, I'm getting content galore from Clubhouse, and people don't even know it. Okay, it's like, can I throw something at you? You're gonna like this. Please it's like, do. It's like being at a restaurant, right? And you wonder what are those people saying at that table. <laughs> You almost want to like go and sit there <laughs> and, and be a boy or just listen. Yeah. Okay, now I can at Clubhouse. <laughs> yeah. No, it's well, I it's, it's up around at different people's tables is what I do. You're you're a guy. You're a guy I find interesting though because it, you know you always say to yourself too. I love the fact that you're at this stage of your life and you still refer to yourself as little Timmy because when you <laughs> refer to yourself as little Timmy, so you talk about your siblings. You're like, listen, you know, I was little Timmy, and the fact that you can do that. You have you've never lost your 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 curiosity. Like you, I can see the kid in you still. It's you, know there. How, you know how beautiful that is to walk through life and not lose that that intrinsic childlike spirit. It is beautiful, my friend. No, thank you. And you know, I, I feel that life obviously tried to constantly uh, pull that from me with, mm. with what I would call life interruptions, and that could be like. You know, life interruptions or things like, uh, you know, somebody dies or somebody gets divorced or or somebody gets an illness. So these life interruptions hit, and so I've had to protect my innocence and I've had to protect my mm. mind. But I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna give you a little um, secret. You can trigger yourself back into innocence, and that's what I do on a daily basis. Mm. And one of the things that triggers me Ryan back to innocence is I like to listen to music from my culture back in the day. Oh, every single day I listen to either Stevie Wonder, Smokey Robinson, The Supremes, The Jackson mm. Five, mm. every single day. Mm. Mm. No, I didn't mm. say once in a while. Every day I trigger myself back to Little Tim <laughs> from Compton. Every day oh, on wow. purpose. Oh. So it's funny, I'm gonna take a stab here because you said about Clubhouse, you said one of the nice things I think people love about Clubhouse is they don't get a, they don't have to get lights, camera, action. You yeah. know, essentially you could wake up out of bed and just start talking. I feel like Tim's story is never just gonna do that. I feel like when you talk, it's not, it's not about everybody else, it's about how you feel. And I think you like to have your, your you know, your, your curls are good. I mean, maybe you throw on the hat. I think your skin's gonna be flossing. Like I can never imagine Tim's story sitting on clubhouse in just some pajamas, uh, looking really, really bad. <laughs> I don't know, I don't you're know. Pretty, you're pretty correct. I take like <laughs> two to three showers a day. Yeah. I just got my nails done yesterday. Look at it, you see? I see it, man, I see it. I see. That's what I love about you though. I, I'm like, I'm like he's, you're one of the people I can talk about a pedicure to manicure with and you just get it. You're like, no, no, I get it. I, I do my eyebrows, you know, I get it. I do, I get them. Yeah, boom, boom. It, it matters though, you know, it matters because you're you're investing into how you feel about yourself. It comes through in your voice. I mean, you can hear when somebody, there's nothing wrong with somebody loving themselves. I, I like. I don't think it's ego, I, I think it's great. I think you should love yourself. I think you should take care of yourself. And you can hear when people put in that work on a daily basis and it comes through their, their voice. It, it just does to me, you know, they're not they're not faking it, so to speak. So going into the miracle mentality, yeah, mindset as we know is everything. For people to wake up, what are a couple tips you have to say, you know what, 
let's try to get some of those miracles flowing for you in your day-to-day practice, no matter how crazy your life is. What are some things that people can do? I want to almost ask it from a place of um, hacking, you know, like a biohack, like a mindset hack. Yeah. Okay. So number one is that there's so much coming at you uh, every single day. So as you know, the, the average mind is having like 50,000 images coming at you every single day. Boom, mm. boom, boom. Mm. Imagine all these images coming at your mind. And a lot of those things that are coming at your mind, you're now meditating on. Mm. Okay. So what I have to do every single morning is I have to renew my mind. Mm. So I begin to image and imagine Mm. the right things Mm. isn't Mm. that amazing that i have control Mm. and i can change the channel Mm. so Mm. i was studying yesterday that the word change also means switch Mm. so let's say if i had a bad day the day before that something went wrong like real wrong uh i can wake up the next day and if i'm not careful the wrong of yesterday will carry into the new day, right? Mm. But now I have a choice to change or switch channels. Mm. I become a master at changing channels. Mm. I change Mm. my channel. And so I begin to meditate and imagine and image the right things. Mm. And so I, I read the right content. I meditate on the right things. I begin to see those things that are not yet as though they are already. Mm. And I change the image in the imagination for that day. Mm. There's no doubt about it. And so uh, a lot of my friends that are really on my inside, that have known me forever, they say, Tim, that's crazy how you live at that same level. Smokey Robinson says about me, he says, it's like Tim's story is like he has cool jazz playing in his mind at all times. Mm. And if Smokey Ooh. says that about you, who wrote Cruising Together, that's, that's, <laughs> a, that's a good compliment. <laughs> well, you, you always say you can't get an FM dial and AM frequency or vice versa. And you say that's- you really got to align that. Uh, Melanie Fiona, she was a guest of our show and she was a two-time Grammy Award winner. She's Canadian-based, but she lives out in LA now. No, no, she's good. Yeah, when I had her on, you know, she brought up one statement. She said, you know, Ryan, I I just cannot subscribe to low frequency commentary. She's like, I don't do small talk. I I like high frequency. I like high vibe. Does Tim's story do small talk a lot? Or do you avoid that because you want to, you know, maintain your energy and focus it on high frequency conversation? I would say say that I avoid it, but people don't (laughs) know that I'm avoiding it. <laughs> okay, you gotta explain that one. That's okay. that's sly. That's sly. I like that. So, my best friends know this about me. They say if, if Tim is tuned out, he goes, "That's interesting." Oh, interesting. Or, or that's or another one. Ryan is that's that's a that's a uh, interesting way of looking at things because somebody usually wants to tell me a story. So I yeah. could be a target and someone will stop me and want to tell me a long story or I'll be at a restaurant with people and they want to tell me a, a long story. And sometimes it goes too long. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, it so does. No, it does. You got to take, the, like, you know, it's funny in business, I think people's soft skills 
are still very undervalued in business. You know, knowing when to shut up, knowing when to listen, knowing when to call it a day, knowing when somebody says, hey, Tim, I want to do something for you. And then when, if you actually do ask the person for it, knowing when to like cut that off, like, like just, just cause somebody like offers, like don't overstay your offer. Don't overstay your welcome, so to speak. Right. 100%. You got to read, you got to read the audience. And so, you know, where I got really good at this by hanging out with the older guys again in Beverly Hills, mm. when I would do this monthly thing that we did for over 25 years, and you talk to these legends, man, you gotta just do things in sound bites. So mm. if I'm talking to a Fidel Sassoon, don't have run-on sentences to Fidel Sassoon. <laughs> mm. Mm. It, it, it is very, very, very true. You know, it's it, it is that you know kind of quintessential ask. You know, I, I and I talked about this with you on the last time we had you on. I said, you know what, Tim? I said, what is the proper way to ask somebody? For a favor or if you have big guests on how do you uh nurture that relationship in a way that's not annoying uh, and not a way that's insincere and you kind of said you know i would side on the 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 other option of at least not asking because some people they ask too damn much like they don't they don't yeah. get it at all so i'd rather see somebody else go on the other side of the spectrum you do a great job obviously you know you have joseph and a great team that you filter out a lot of stuff, you know, and you really yes. protect that space and that, you know, mission that you're creating. How, is that something you've learned over time? Is it something that you're like, no, I made that mistake. I learned from that one. And you've kind of fine tuned it over the years. That's it, Ryan. Great question. I've learned it over time. So every <laughs> person I value, because I think everybody's made in the image of God. So whether they're going through an uptime, downtime, medium time, I value everybody. And if you're around me, you'll see I do that to everybody. Mm. Whether somebody at a restaurant or wherever mm. I am, I value mm. people. Like that. But just because I value them doesn't mean I need to let them all the way into my life. So there's three levels of intimacy. One is casual. Hey, how are you doing? I'm from Oklahoma. So are you. Wow. We should hang out someday. That's the casual. Second is the intimate. And that is many times family members mm. that, you know, you can't choose your family. They just <laughs> for all in so the same true. house. So true. So true. So, so it's that intimate thing that you have to navigate. But the third, you're going to love this, is what I mm. call your invited guest. Mm. Your invited guest is your green room. Mm. We all have an invited guest area that mm. you can bring in who you want. Mm. So Tim like Story that. has a green room. And I don't let many people in. <laughs> no, I, I I like that. I and you know what you said they before. Might, they, they might come in and eat up, eat up all my snacks. <laughs> no, and that and that's true. But you said you said you said something so key when I last talked to you. By the way, this is one thing I have to say. It is really nice to have returning guests or people that you've talked to once, because I feel like sometimes in the initial conversation. You don't know each other. You haven't built any kind of vibe and you really got to get into that. But when I thought of you, I said, as soon as I seen your book out, that, that was my value proposition to you. Cause I said, Tim's got a book out. I, I got to reach out to him. I, I need to have him yeah. on my show. And then you guys, you guys had to cancel on the first date. And I said, Oh hell no, you coming on the show, right? You, I'm, I'm going to hit you back. I'm going to hit you back aggressively. And they're like, no, 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 don't worry, Ryan. We're, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And I, all good. But what was interesting is that you said to me last time, you said, Ryan, you have to be very careful 
on who you let in because man, these people can break you down and completely, uh, just, you know, basically take you off course and take you off track. And you talk a lot about playing hurt, right? Right. No doubt about it. So just think about that, about these levels of intimacy of the, the casual. There's so much casual coming at you every single day. As soon as yeah. you, as soon as you leave the house, yeah. even in a mask, the casual's coming at you. And then the intimacy can be like strenuous on people, mm. like people that we got to deal with that we are intimate with, but yet they don't really understand us. Mm. So that's why I say the green room is your invited guest. Like what I mean, the green room. If I go speak at a really good conference, they'll say, mm. "Tim, there's your green room." Mm-hmm. You can bring in whoever you want to bring in. Mm. Okay, so I have a saying that I say, you can't get me on the backside unless I let you on my inside. Ooh. And and the people that have ever hurt me the worst are people I let in my green room, not knowing who they really were. Ooh, 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 ooh. powerful. Because it doesn't hurt so much from the casual person. So if mm. I read something where someone will say something about Tim's story, the brand. It doesn't really hurt me that much from the outside person. And in my intimate from a family member, it hurts maybe more, right? Mm. But then what really hurts is when they get me from the green room. Mm. <laughs> like, like I invited you in here and you stabbed me in the back. Yes, yes. But we talk about a lot of this um, mentor mentorship, right? Find a mentor. One of the biggest questions I cannot stand is this question. Yeah. Hi, Ryan. How are you? I'll tell you why I don't like this question, Tim. It's a question that's became so like second nature to our culture in general. Hey, Tim, how are you? Whoa, 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 whoa. Think about what you're saying. How are you? You're you're, you're saying it so damn quick. You're not even letting another person tell you. And the reality is, is that even if I was in a terrible state right now and you asked me, hey, Ryan, how are you? Am I actually going to tell you how I am at that moment? I I like what you're doing. I think we should we should change that that statement. Yes, because here's what I've, so here's what I've manually tried to override myself with when I talk to people. I'll say, hey, Tim, did you just, your eyebrows look good, man. Did you just get your eyebrows done? So here's what's going to happen. You're now going to tell me a very specific answer because I asked you a specific question. And then I'm going to listen to your answer and try to go in more because now we're talking about something that's at least a little bit more tangible than me putting the weight on you of asking, how are you? That's such a heavy weighted question. Yes. And that's a question I, I never really ask people. And so if you watch even how I interact with you, okay, mm. notice I come at you right as a friend, right? From mm. The- mm. You do. You yeah. do. Again, I'm reading the room. Yes. So I don't need to ask how someone is. I can feel how they are. <laughs> yes, yes. Can I can I tell you something funny? Please. So I have a friend named Caesar Milan, also known oh. as the, as the Dog Whisperer. The Dog Man. So I I ran into him at the LA airport uh, a few years ago, and we didn't know we were going to see each other, but we ran into each other, and I had not seen him in like a year. So you got to hear mm. this. So he comes up to me, and I promise you, he was like like a little standoffish. I thought, man, last time we talked, we were like going at it, like good. Mm. Wonder what happened. Ooh. And so then we then we started like opening up and laughing again, ah. like the last time. Oh. And so once we opened up, I said to him, I said, Caesar, 
when you came up to me, I felt like you were sniffing me out like a dog. Oh. And, he goes, and he said, I was. He says, I do it to humans too. Okay, that is so wild. Because Ooh. you know how dogs, they sniff each other out to see yes. what Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. He admitted he does that to humans. Yes. And yeah. so is, but is he doing that as a filter system? Is he doing that as a safeguard? Is it like, is there a purpose behind he's, that, you he's think? Doing it as, he's doing it as a filter. He's Interesting. Doing it, he's doing it as a filter to like gauge where the person is. Yeah. To dialogue with them at that level. Yes. And I have be, become a pro at this as well. Like, Ooh. I would consider Magic Johnson my friend, but I'm telling you, I talk to Magic Johnson in sound bites. Okay. Yeah. So if I see him at an event, I like talk to him in sound bites. Yeah. Magic doesn't like a lot of words because yeah. people are coming up to him nonstop. When yes. you're six foot nine, <laughs> are you with me? Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. And you're a legend. <laughs> that walk, that smile, every move he makes. Yes. Someone's trying to have a full on conversation with him. Yeah. So yeah. I always come up to him and I just say sound bites. Yes. And then, and then I notice he leans into me. Yes. And then he Ooh. wants to talk. Yes. See. Yes. So, so it's 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 smart to just gauge somebody where they're at and see how much they want to engage with you back. Well, look what you do, Tim. I mean, I've I've seen you do interviews with people that you've literally sat there like this. I you're mean, like, you didn't even you didn't even move forward once. And you're like, uh-huh, okay, cool. And you're right. And now I'm gonna go back in here. Did Tim say that's interesting or interesting? Because I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do my homework and brush up then because you know I I I've seen interviews with you. One person I just know you vibe with so well is Lewis Howes, because I've seen you guys yeah. you, you did an interview recently and you did one like five, six years ago or something like that. But every time you talk to him, holy man, you're you're just you're trying to. I'm like Tim's gonna come at him. You guys are gonna start playing football. Like you're you're in that conversation. But, but that's my but that's my guy behind the scenes. Yes. So, so Lewis and I spend time with each other. Behind yes. The scenes. Ed, my lad, and I are together behind the scenes. Grant yes. And I are, are together behind the scenes. So yes. That's why you feel that like in this. Correct. But let me tell you something positive that I read from you. So when you jumped on the screen, I thought, ooh, he's in a good place. Mm. So what I read from you right now is good place, super focused, mm. on your plan, on your path, mm. feeling momentum. Mm. And so what happens by feeling that vibe from you, that makes me jump into your vibe. Yes, yes, of course, of course, you know, of course. Because I, I mean, and I... And, and I am, but I also deliberately try to do that vibe. I don't want people coming on our show and talking to them. I mean, the fact that you're giving me your time is the most beautiful thing. That's the compliment in itself for me. The fact that you're willing to give me time of, of your, because that's the biggest thing uh, that you have that you never get back. But I think what I love most about that is, you know, I, I like people to kind of come and talk and feel like this guy didn't just sit here and ask me the same 25 questions that everybody else asked. He actually cared the, about the conversation. When I'm talking to you right now, short of anything happening to my kids or my wife texting me or calling me, I am here for you. Like I am so focused in this moment with you. That's all I care about. And I feel like people know when that is the case, you know, it's not just a, another interview. Can I tell you one thing that's cool about life is that um, life is continually unfolding 
Mm. And, I, and I feel like what happens to people is they, they see themselves in a, a situation that might be like a rut. Mm. Like, man, this relationship didn't work or this job didn't work or this mm. happened. And I'm in this rut. I'm in this setback. But it's like, you know, the game of cards when you're playing poker. If you don't like your hand, you can fold, right? Mm. When you mm. fold, you say, I don't like my cards. I don't like my hand. So I fold. You know mm. that term, right? Yes, yes, I feel of course. like a lot of people are folding in their minds. They fold while they're still unfolding. Oh, like they, they like they just they call quits. Oh. You only it's like, dude, you're 22. You're folding. Oh. You're folding your damn hand while you're still unfolding. Or I'm oh. 41. I can't believe that fool left me. Well, he's a fool. And oh. you just fold it in your mind while you're still unfolding. So, yeah. If I could describe to you how I feel, because I come from a very, very uh, crazy story. You know, I lost my mom at 13 and all that. I mean, I, I still cry to this day, my friend. Like, that, that is, is a traumatic moment uh, for me, so big. And I can tell you, this is how I would describe Ryan Holtz. I am crying constantly while I am growing like a beast. Like, yeah. I, I am, I feel everything, you know? I. I serve my family. Being a husband, being a dad is the number, those are number one. After that, it's business and, it, and, it's, and it's what we do. But, you know, it is this, it is this constant feeling of, and I, and I like, I'm a numbers guy. Like I've always said, I remember when I was 15, I'm like, Ryan, you want to be here when you're 18? Okay, you're 18? Where do you want to be when you're 21? Where do you want to be when you're 25? Because for me, it was always this litmus test. So then I look at somebody and the one thing I've always loved about you and people even when we had our first episode, they're like, Damn, man! If you, if, 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 if Ryan, if, if you're Tim's age one day, I could see you. I could see you having the same vibe as Tim. Like you guys, you guys got some similarities there. You know, you. You really do, yeah. And people comment on the whole, the whole manicure, pedicure. Like you guys are, you guys are match made in heaven on that front. Because I've never seen two, two dudes just go off about that. But my thing for you is that I just really admire and love what you've done with your life. But it's really interesting how you can be skyrocketed up but it it's you can also be down it's it's a really it's very unique very unique yeah. and i like it I, mm -hmm. I i like it all i like i like the 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 charge of you know getting to live a, an elevated life because mm. i really do live an elevated life like when you get invited to oprah's parties all the mm. time so you know it's an elevated life <laughs> Of like, course it does. Is, of course one. it does. Like, like I was like three parties in. This is like years ago in the open <laughs> parties, right? Yeah. So I was at this one, and Julia Roberts came from the right side, and Reese Witherspoon came from the left side. Oh. And I thought, now come on, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> your your life has damn changed. <laughs> There, there was a late. There was this lady, one of her, one of my old mentors, who's a fantastic businesswoman. And she told me about this company she owned back in the day. It was her and a friend, and they were they both had blonde hair. And she said, we we used to call ourselves two blondes and a brownie. <laughs> I was like, well, what's the brownie part? And like, well, we had this third kind of silent partner, and he was just smooth as day. So every time we go out to these networking events, he'd always kind of give us a hug at the same time. And we people just started calling us, you know, there's two blondes and a brownie. Yes. When you say about that scenario, I say, well, Tim's just doing his game. You're a smooth operator, man. You know, you know that. You're, you're well, smooth. Well, guy. thank you. But, I, but you know, that kind of stuff is, is great, the elevation part. But also, I'm good, as you see, Ryan, with being undone. 
Mm. So I, I am slightly undone and I'm, I'm good with that. And so the fact that you still cry about losing people uh, from your family and your mother, I think, I think that that's an awesome thing mm. because grieving is mm. not always a terrible thing. Mm. It, it's a sign of something that was lost. that was valuable. Mm. If, you, if mm. you lose something valuable and you don't grieve, something's wrong yeah. with you. Well, and that's the thing, you know, and I, and I talk about it a lot. And, and, and to me, I do think it's a great thing. I, I, I want to live my full self on purpose. I mean, this is the truth, right? And, and my life in the last, you know, little while, it's amazing, but it's also because I'm, I'm starting to share more of my story. I'm starting to, to share more with the universe and people are picking up on that vibe and that ener energy and authenticity. Uh, I took a poll here as we're wrapping up. I took a poll. Um, and, uh, and so people basically said, I said, well, you know, based on our last interview with Tim, what would you want to hear on this interview? So people said, Ryan, I hear a lot of life coaching and a lot of, you know, high level thought processes and theories. Can you ask Tim an everyday scenario on ground level that he would apply some of his, you know, miracle mentality to? So I, I thought about it and said, you know what? I like that question. So here's what I'm asking you. So you have a neighbor and yeah. your neighbor, you come home one day and you say, okay, now, I don't know if you're gay or who knows, but I'm just saying, pretend. You have a neighbor, you're, you, you drive up one day and you say, oh my God, my neighbor is literally cutting a branch off my tree. I've told this guy a million times to stay on your line, stay on yeah. mine. You don't necessarily get along with this neighbor in the past, but you guys are like, listen, I can't pick my family, but I can't pick my neighbors, we're cool. But you come home one day and you're driving up and you're like, this is the 15th time. Uh -uh. Like yeah. you, get, you get infuriated. I know you're a human, you must get mad. How does Tim's story take his miracle mentality and apply it to that situation as you're rolling up? Okay, that that is one of the best questions I've ever been asked. Because <laughs> that is like a real scenario in my life. Because I feel there's a word encroach. I feel like people constantly are encroaching into my territory. Like <laughs> since one time I was on a flight on Delta Airlines from Atlanta to LA in first class, and I was asleep and I guess I had been sleeping for two hours and a lady woke me up and she was shaking me and I looked up and she was not wearing a Delta outfit. So I said, <laughs> what's wrong? And she said, you're Tim's story. I go, no, I know. She goes, you've been sleeping for two hours. I need to ask you a question. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, woman, get back to coach. <laughs> I love that. That's, that is so great. That is so great. Get back to coach. Leave me alone. I'm up here for a reason. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, so how do you deal with that situation? Like, how do you deal with that person encroaching? I'm going to tell you exactly. So there's another thing I'm famous for. So when someone's encroaching, like the lady did, she came up in my space. <laughs> Somebody's cutting my stuff. <laughs> my house, on my property, on my property. <laughs> I would say this. This is a famous Tim story. I'd say, help me out with something. Is there a reason that you're doing what you're doing? <laughs> help me out with something. It's a great phrase. Watch. Ooh. Is there a reason that you're doing what you're doing? Mm. So you've reached over and now you're cutting my stuff. Mm. 
because there's people who reach try to reach into my life mm. and mess with me. Mm. Oh, it mu- this this must be difficult on your kids to be Tim's story. For you for you to be Tim's story, I'll say, help me out with something. <laughs> Is there a reason you asked that question? <laughs> In other words, quit cutting on my damn stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no. Yeah, See, help, I- me, help me out with something. That's what I did. I had to ask that. No, because I always think, you know, I, I we you, we need to start a series. What would Tim do? Hashtag what would Tim do? <laughs> so, I'm, I, call, I'm calling audibles at all times. Even even all the stuff I got going today. Like today I'm doing interviews and stuff. Yeah. Then I'm gonna go see uh, a legend, a guy named Leon Isaac Kennedy. Oh. Leon, Leon Isaac Kennedy is the one that introduced me to Denzel Washington Ooh. Back in like 1991. Ooh. He's the one that introduced me to uh, Smokey Robinson in the late 80s. That's why I'm so close to, to Smokey. And Leon is like a legend. Mm. So when I when I get into Leon's space later today, you're, you're <laughs> dealing with royalty uh, on a certain level. He also used to travel around with Muhammad Ali. He was one of mm. Muhammad Ali's best friends. Mm. So he has stories on Ali that are just amazing. So I'm going to do all these interviews that I'm going to do today and talk about Miracle Mentality book, et cetera. But I'm, I'm really loving talking to you. But when I get around Leon, you get my point? Oh yeah. I got I got to tap into that Leon frequency. Ooh, yeah, well, of course, of course, of yeah. course. So you got to call that audible. You got to call Ooh. that audible. You got you to you recognize your defense. You got to recognize what the scheme is, what's going on in the field. Tim, I got two last questions before you go. Number one, last time I always I asked you, say I said, hey Tim, what can I do for you? So I'm gonna ask you that. That's gonna be the, my last question to you. But my okay. second last is gonna be a very greedy question. I'm gonna say to you, Tim, out of the two times you've talked to me now, is there any tips you would give me, any uh, constructive feedback or criticism uh, that you would give me? And that's selfish for me because I always say, I'm a student. I'm always yeah. looking to learn. Always looking to learn. Okay, so the. The constructive criticism, criticism is not always negative. No, 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 so no. So constructive criticism is this, you're doing phenomenal. That's my <laughs> constructive criticism. And you know, I know interviewing. <laughs> I know, I know you do. So I know you do. What I liked about you is your pace and your tone mm. and how you keep your energy back when you need to mm. and then you bring it forward when it needs to be brought forward like let's mm. say if you have a porsche mm. and it has six gears okay mm. is that you're smart to be in third gear sometimes mm. and fight in the fourth and someone didn't even know it mm. but you know you can go to sixth gear if you need to mm. that's mm. what you're doing now as an interviewer at this stage in the game i like Mm. how you stay in a certain gear mm. and shift you shift back mm. boom. bam boom mm. you're, doing it, you're doing it in a amazing way phenomenal mm. Ooh, i appreciate that phenomenal. thanks tim appreciate you good phenomenal like you could take over like good morning canada <laughs> you know it's i've done a lot of i've done tv and all that you know and when i had you on the show you know full disclosure last year i kind of thought to myself I was still, I don't want to call it like a passion project, but you, you know, and then I, I, I love this man. I mean, I own a marketing agency. I'm a brand guy. It's what I do for a living, but 
you know, this show for me is everything. I mean, I, I, I have aspirations with this show. I want to be one of the best interviewers out there that's ever lived. I want to represent, you know, black people in that different backgrounds, half German, half Jamaican, Spanish, all that. And just oh, yeah. consistently show up and just show out, you know, and say, hey, you know, let's lead the way there. So I appreciate you. Tim, what can I do for you, my friend? Uh, just keep loving me. You know, I think that for real, you know, I think that people many times they see guys like myself and they just think that, man, he's got it so together that he doesn't need anything back. Oh, and yeah. So I, I, I love it when someone just like hits me back and says, how you, you know, how's your life going, but means it, you know, like we mm. talked about before. Mm. So I, I feel like when I talk to you and you would ask me something, you mean it. So, Here's my issue though, Tim, I'll be honest with you. It's so freaking hard though, because you know, you think, well, is this Joseph responding or is this Tim responding? Like once we get off here, I love talking to you, but it's like, how do you even keep that dialogue going where I'm like, I know that's Tim I'm talking to right now. Cause it's, it's like going on a date, right? If I got yeah. the best friend sitting in the middle, it just makes things weird for me. Yeah, so I'm just gonna be I'm honest gonna about it. it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna text you my phone number. Please do. Um, it's five 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 five. That was funny, right? That was funny. I'm like, you're on one of those text communities. Text the word story for a chance to enter. I'm like, this guy's trying to hustle me right to the end. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to text you my number. That way we could really like have real dialogue. Please but do, no, my I, friend. I feel, I feel like I need love. And um, I probably went through so much uh, times in life not showing that I did. But I, mm. I needed it. And, and so it's a... It was a bit of an empty feeling of having so much and feeling like I wasn't getting too much back. Does that make sense? It does, man. And I'll tell you this from the last time I talked to you. That's why when I, I, I seen uh, I seen you chatting with Lewis and then I also heard you on Clubhouse. I, man, you're, you're a different person. I, I feel yeah. like you're a different person. You're giving a different, just a different vibe. And you're right. You're a, you just seem happy and go lucky and just freaking, you know, I, just never, light. You seem never, light, man. You I seem never, light. I've never been this happy and this much at peace. Like I'm, in, mm. I'm, I called my sister one day and I said, I'm, in, I'm so much at peace. I'm almost scared. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I hope I'm not going to die. No, 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 like, no, 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 that's not going to happen. But I'm telling you, yeah, I, I am so much at peace and it's not about all my big old famous projects. Cause I got yeah. famous yeah. projects. Yeah. No, it, I'm just, I'm just at peace. I'm good. Does that make sense? I love it, man. I, I'm telling you right now, fast forward me 15, 20 years. I want to, I love Tim Story's vibe. I'm sitting in a hoodie like you. I love the fact that, I love the fact that you're like, I don't care how old, like you're not, you're never going to be that guy that shows up in, in, in khaki dress pants and a plaid <laughs> shirt tucked in. You're going to be 80 years old with a fedora on, just right. rocking it, man. You got vibes, man. I love that about you. Gucci slippers. And Gucci slippers. Uh, everyone, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna end it off here. I'm gonna put all of Tim's uh, information where you can get his his book. It is awesome, and where you can reach out to Tim and find everything that is all things uh, Tim's story. And again, you know, we really appreciate you listening. 
without you, the audience, the show would not be possible. And again, smash that five-star review. And uh, just remember, curiosity should always be your mandate. Tim, could I just get you to say, my name is Tim Story, and I was just on the Reinhold Show podcast. My name is Tim Story, and I was just on the Reinhold's podcast. Boom! Thank you, my brother. That was good, man. That was awesome. It's so nice to see you again.